Poppy land, a term coined in the 19th century by the poet Clement Scott, generally refers to a section of the North Norfolk coast from Sheringham to Munsley. This picturesque seaside resort was first made widely accessible by the steam train, which connected all of England to the unspoiled shores of East Anglia. Clement Scott, the poet himself, made his first visit in 1883, and, disembarking a Cromer, rambled along the coast on a drowsy summer's day. He coined the term Poppyland to describe his experience in the Garden of Sleep, a verse composed in a cliffside side-strand churchyard. However, it was his touting of the idyllic region in letters penned to the Daily Telegraph, not to mention his subsequent book Poppyland, that spurred many more Victorians to follow in his footsteps. However, while still drawing crowds, there is a darker side to this windswept paradise of wildflowers and meadows. My name is Richard Shepherd, and this is Hallowed Histories. Hidden among the poppies by which this seafront locale became known are peppered a series of pits. One thought to have been prehistoric dwelling places, they are now known to date from the 9th to the 11th centuries and were primarily created to allow digging for the iron ore which was used in smelting. Most are now filled with glassy, ink-black water, shaded by mature trees and softened by vegetation, and these deep ponds now blend in with the scenery, as if they were natural features in this gentle post-glacial landscape. Three miles from Cromer, in the village of Aylmerton, are five such ponds known locally as the Shrieking Pits, whose name alludes to an eerie legend. Other shrieks and moans emitted caused by the scraping and crunching of exposed gravel, as the guidebooks suggest, or the wails a result of something more nefarious, fear, dismay, maybe even terror. These are the questions that inform the folklore associated with the shrieking pits of Poppyland. Much like the La Llorona legend of Latin America, these bodies of water are said to be haunted by a tall, ghostly, forlorn figure, clad in white, who shrieks, moans and wrings her hands as she peers into the murky depths in search of her lost infant. You see, the story goes that the woman's husband, fueled by a jealous rage, killed what he thought to be a bastard child, first taking time to bury the infant in one of the aforementioned pits, before returning to wreak vengeance against his wife in a similar manner. Her cries are to still surface both day and night from the depth of the grave she shares with her child. A similar ghostly woman, complete with a white winding shroud, has also been seen roaming around the nearby area of Weybourne. Her wails are still said to be heard this time as a result of committing suicide in the murky waters of another pit, which was said to be created by Thomas Cromwell during the destruction of Weybourne Priory. While forlornly wandering one frosty night on the banks of the pond, the desperate girl threw herself into the frigid water, an act which she immediately regretted. So it is said she called for help for some time before succumbing to her death, and as the Eastern Daily Press reported. It is said that at midnight on February 24th, the spirit of a village girl named Esmeralda appeared between the veil of the living and the dead. At the age of 17, Esmeralda had fallen in love with a wealthy but untrustworthy young farmer who conducted a secret relationship with her behind his wife's back. The local vicar discovered the affair and ordered them to draw it to a close. So the farmer scolded back to his wife, and without a word from her sweetheart, Esmeralda's heart broke, and she drifted into misery and depression, unable to forget her love. Wailing may also be heard to emanate from the pits of the ominously named Hungry Hill in North Reps, a name that points towards agricultural impoverishment inasmuch as it speaks to the existential rapacious nature of the pits themselves. These hungry, ravenous, shrieking pits, the burial sites of long-dead Viking kings, are said not only to have swallowed lone women, but an entire horse and cart. 
and looking at the black, unreflecting water, it does not seem beyond the realm of possibility. Places such as this are often the locus of rural folklore, you see. They're repositories of legend. Into these landscape features can be painted uh, tales of trickery, terror, and passion. Under one of the surrounding trees by the Hungry Hill hangs a notice board now effaced by time. So the sign became a palimpsest. We're invited to write our own story, as did local author Susan Hill when crafting the legendary The Woman in Black. So regardless of the cause of these shrieking pits, whether it was Iron Age debasement, uh, Viking ritual, or Cromwellian devastation, and regardless of the cause, whether it be infanticide, suicide, or just a case of bad horse and cart driving, these waters contain, but do not fully conceal the dead, which are held within their weed-choked depths. And it could be said that Norfolk, as a land tended in by the waters of the North Sea and divided by the waters of the Broads and the rivers Ware and Wensum, is as much a watery grave as it is England's historic second city. The water also contains the lantern men that lead men to a watery death, and the shrieking pits that beckon vulnerable women to their demise, as well as the sea shanties we looked at last month that sing the song of sailors now long dead. Like the poet, there is much to contemplate as we sit watching the waves roll in and out on these East Anglian shores. The Hallish Histories podcast was uh, presented by me, Richard Shepherd, with research by Dr. Linda Shepherd, and technical supervision by Stephen Leslie Parks. You can write us at hallowedhistories at gmail.com or check out our website hallowed-histories.org. Thank you very much. <laughs>